With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You are now listening to the NYYST Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 201 of the NYYST podcast. I am your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And he's not here today. He fucking, you know what? Didn't we just talk about um, how he used to just vanish out of nowhere? He used to just go MIA. <laughs> and just, and we, it was like, we gave him credit. We were like, We were like, at least now you tell us when you can't make it. And today it was just, he's like, you know what? I'm going to give it to him again. And he just vanished. Uh, last week was our 200th episode. And again, I want to start the show by thanking everybody for their support. Uh, just we did it though. We had a great show last week with the wrap up of the keep them dumplings. Uh, usually we do the NYYST awards either before or after those episodes. I, I think one year we did it before and then I changed it to after or whatever. I'm just not into it this year, to be honest with you. I don't feel like there's a reason to celebrate the season at all. But if you want us to do an awards episode, go to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating or review and tell us, and I'll take it under consideration. But as if you're like me, you probably find no reason to celebrate this season at all. There's, I mean, what were the highs of the season that you really want to talk about? <laughs> there really isn't any. I don't but want before, to recap this season. Uh, that guy, Rye, is not here, but just in a few minutes, who will be here is the one and only Ron Bloomberg, the four, uh, easy for me to say, the first designated hitter in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, the interview was pre recorded before we opened the show. Uh, you're going to love it. If you are like us and you love hearing about the the days of Mickey Mantle, the days of Thurman Munson, that era of baseball from a guy that lived it, this is going to be just outstanding. Uh, we thought we were going to get Ron for like 15 or 20 minutes. I think he gave us nearly an entire hour. Let me tell you, I could uh, probably sit with, with Ron for five hours and just and just let him talk. And you know what? We do have to say this real quick. Stack Guy Rise texting us. He just reminded us. Alex Trebek passed away. And my heart is broken right now. Because Alex Trebek is my boy. And I got to send him his family my condolences right now. Um, Alex Trebek, legend, dies at 80 years old today. We're recording on Sunday. Today the 9th. Obviously, Chris is much bigger into Jeopardy than I am. I can't even tell you that I maybe watched 50 episodes of it in my life. It was just something that I wasn't into. But I understand the cultural impact of Alex Trebek and the fact that we lost him in this just godforsaken year is just another layer on in that cake. There. It was like, so yeah, it was, it was the dagger. This was the dagger for me. Uh, just another awful, awful thing that happened in 2020. 
we should get this out of the way. We're not going to talk about it past what I'm going to say. Uh, as we record here on Sunday, uh, last night, after five days, uh, the, the media, you know, and uh, they declared Joe Biden the winner of the presidential election. Uh, so, you know, you want to take a break from that, the nastiness of this election. That's what we're here for right now. Uh, obviously, the current president, Donald Trump, is not going away anytime soon. He's going to fight this. So even though it seems like we are at a point where we know who the president's going to be, there's not going to be any resolution to this you, for You knew a it was going to get ugly. You knew it was going to so, be a little you know, ugly. Turn your brain off from that for a minute. I understand it's only the leader of the free world, and it's probably the most important thing ever. But just turn your brain off from it for a, a little bit, and you know, just dive into this interview with us with uh, Ron Bloomberg here. Uh, I gotta say this also, even though he doesn't listen to the show because he's a piece of garbage, uh, he did <laughs> use our code at Manscape and picked up a hit when we needed him to. I do want to cut uh, congratulate. Well, you cut Friday out on Friday night. You cut out. Who? Who'd you say? You, who? My cousin. Did, what you didn't hear? It oh no, no, no! You cut out. It like froze. You froze. Your I, cousin got married. I do. As, my cousin Adam and his wife Brielle and his new wife Brielle. Congratulations! I got uh, completely shit faced and hammered on Friday yeah, night. You were trashed, and I, bro. And I'm officially retired from drinking now. Wow. So. That's it. even I if said, I invite you down for a little banger down here in Howell. You won't no. drink with me? I'm, I'm done. I'm retired. I hang up nah, in Jersey. I'll good. get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Congrats, uh, yeah, Adam. So I, the better of a- the two seminarios for sure. Uh, my ass has been dragging for better part of two days, but man, you got to give it to Ron Bloomberg for uh, Absolutely. bringing up the energy in the room. Man. Absolutely. So why don't we, uh, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to get, you want to talk about before we get into Ronnie here? No, man. <laughs> Look, I, I this interview. It, just go into look would it be awesome to get like aaron judge on this show or someone like that yeah of course but when you have a guy like ron bloomberg come on this show and and to give you that old school take and those and those stories that you're not going to get anywhere else man it's something that you kind of in in today's day and age where you ask yourself why you're so into sports and why it matters so much these stories make it why why you love the game the way you do um, so just kind of sit back and enjoy this and, 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 and Ronnie can tell Ronnie knows how to tell a story. So in, enjoy this, I'd say is, uh, is all I can give you. This interview with former Yankees designated hitter Ron Bloomberg is brought to you by Manscaped.com. If you're headed in or out of New York City this November, our friends at Manscaped, the now global leaders in below-the-waist male grooming, have taken over Penn Station. Manscaped wants you to use the right tools for the job and join the movement this holiday season. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. Over 1 million men trust Manscaped tools for their family jewels. They've taken over the male grooming world, but that wasn't enough. They decided to take over the largest train station in the Western Hemisphere at Penn Station in New York City. They have forever changed the grooming game with the Perfect Package 3.0, which comes with the essential Lawnmower 3.0. You hear us talk about it all the time. We shave our bulls with that. It's waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This is the best trimmer on the market. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. 
You also find the crop reviver. Ball toner. Don't get it mixed up, folks. That could be dangerous. A below-the-waist toner that's designed to give you a pep in your step, and you smell good. Head over to manscaped.com right now. Get 20% off and free shipping using promo code MIYST20. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Don't forget to use promo code MIYST20. Don't miss this limited time offer and hop on the Manscaped Express this November. Use promo code MIYST20 at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Enjoy this interview with Ron Bloomberg. All right, Chris and Christian of the NYYST podcast on uh, Zoom here with the first ever Major League Baseball designated hitter, Ron Bloomberg of the New York Yankees. Ron, how you doing this morning? Oh, it's great. It's great to be able to talk to you. It's beautiful down in Atlanta. Hope uh, y'all are having a fun time, and uh, uh, I'm looking forward to doing this for y'all. Ron, I got to ask hey. you. It's I don't know about Christian. I'm down. In, so we were talking about this before we uh, started recording. I'm down in South Jersey. It's like 80 degrees here right now. What do you got down oh. there? You got you got in, you in the 90s right now? Oh, we had a major storm. We had that Zeta to come up. Uh, the the stuff that hit the uh, the Gulf Coast. And we usually don't get anything because I'm in Atlanta. And um, it's probably been averaging around about 70, 75 every single day. And that storm came up. And we usually don't have a tropical storm, but we had like 60, 70 mile an hour winds like a northeastern for y'all. And when you had Sandy, they hit y'all. I mean, I had, you know, tree limbs down. uh, There's floods down. So the last four or five days, uh, I've been having people cutting some trees, limbs, and all that stuff down. But uh, it's 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 warm, but uh, it's winter time now, and hopefully it'll get cool. And and then next uh, spring it'll get warm, and we'll have baseball. That'd be great. Yeah. Can't wait for baseball, Ron. But we wanted to have you on today because you know you've been very active on social media on Twitter at Ron Bloomberg one. So give Ron definitely give Ron a follow. Help him get that blue check mark that yes. he's been. Uh, He's been campaigning for there. Uh, we want to get started with the interview, Ron. Um, we've, you know, you were the first overall pick in 1967. The Yankees drafted you with that first overall pick. Just, you know, it's a very rare thing for somebody to be the first overall pick, a high honor. Just take us through what draft day was like and becoming the first pick and becoming a New York Yankee. To me, it was uh, unbelievable. Uh, I got drafted by the Yankees uh, 1967. I was 17 years old. And uh, it was basically, uh, I had some opportunities. I signed a basketball scholarship to go to UCLA. Uh, John Wooten, uh, I signed up what they call a letter of intent. A letter of intent uh, is a piece of paper that if you decide to play basketball, you have to play with that college. It's not like now that these recruits or these uh, uh, prospects, they'll sign like a, uh, uh, they won't they won't sign, but they have a commitment like every week, I want to go to UCLA, I want to go to Michigan, I'm going to go to Arizona, Mich- uh, Miami, or Alabama. And I signed a basketball scholarship with John Wooten in 67. And also I signed with Bear Bryant in 1967 to play football at Alabama. Wow. So I had an opportunity to uh, make a choice between baseball, basketball, or football. And uh, I knew I was going to get drafted pr- uh, real high. Uh, I The Yankees contacted me, oh, probably maybe about a month uh, uh, earlier before the draft and told me that they would like to draft me. 
And would I uh, sign with them if I got drafted by the Yankees? And that was a no-brainer. You know, I mean, being Jewish, uh, living down south, coming up to New York, being a Yankee fan, my idol was Mickey Mantle, and that was a no-brainer. Uh, I got drafted um, uh, that year, and uh, let me see, it was in, um, I forgot what day it was, but anyway, when I got, it was June sometimes, when I got drafted number one, uh, that was a no-brainer. Uh, I know that uh, uh, UCLA and uh, Alabama, they contacted me and they tried to persuade me to go to that route. But I said, absolutely not. I said, I mean, you had a chance to be a Yankee, right? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. No, let me tell you something. 17 years old, uh, back then down in Atlanta, Atlanta wasn't, wasn't the largest baseball fans and not the biggest uh, baseball town. Uh, We used to have the minor leagues when I was growing up. Uh, Milwaukee Braves moved to Atlanta Atlanta got the Atlanta Braves. So baseball became very, very big down in Atlanta. And, uh, but I I was never going to change from my allegiance (laughs) from being a a Yankee fan living down south to be a Braves fan. I said, no way. I said, hey, I was, hey, when, when I was growing up, Everybody had the hats which y'all have on now. With I guarantee you, the Yankee hats, and uh, that's what it was. I mean, I wanted to have the opportunity because when I was growing up, the only uh, games that we got on a Saturday was uh, uh, being uh, televised by uh, Dizzy Dean and Pee Wee Reese, and I used to watch them. And the only games that we actually got to watch was the New York Yankees, and you know, when they used to uh, uh, call the games and you used to watch, it was Roger Maris and Johnny Blanchard and Elston Howard and Yogi Berra and Whitey Ford, Mickey Mantle. You, you have these guys and, you know, I'm 15, 16 years old and I'm watching that. And, you know, in Yankee Stadium, that's all anybody ever talked about, Yankee Stadium. And when I got drafted by them, I had to sign with them. And, you know, you and I were talking before we got on the air, but uh, y'all got to Yankee Stadium. Y'all got to uh, 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 fill that. Uh, 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 it was, it was, it was, you cherished that when you got to Yankee Stadium. You know, you got to see, but you probably didn't see the real Yankee Stadium. You didn't see the, you, you probably saw the, uh, the house that, uh, a Jeter built. Am I well, right? Well, listen, there's one thing that I will always, I'll always hold, I'll always cherish as a kid was in the old stadium walking through like the tunnel when you walk through to the first game of the year. I always remember it with my dad walking through that tunnel and seeing the field for the first time gives me, still gives me goosebumps right now. Yeah, but I think what Ron is referring to is the original stadium. Oh, I know, I know. Ruth Bill. We, you know. But now we don't even get that anymore. No, I didn't get that because I was born in 83. I think I went to my first game in 88. So I remember the renovated stadium. Renovation stadium. Yeah. See, I, I saw the, the real I miss stadium. that place so much, though. I do. Oh, absolutely. I saw the real stadium where, you know, uh, when I first signed with the Yankees uh, and I signed my first con- – well, when I signed the contract, uh, I never – you know, my parents had no money. And and uh, we got to go on an airplane. 
And I, I flew into LaGuardia and we got picked up and uh, they took us to uh, the Hilton on uh, downtown. And it was a big sign. Welcome, Ron Bloomberg, New York Yankee. <laughs> That's first cool. Pick. Uh, uh, first Jewish uh, uh, Yankee. And it had on the sign underneath it. And it had like a billboard back then. And it says, uh, first, uh, uh, first Jewish Yankee. Okay. Then they picked us up. Uh, we go to Yankee Stadium. And the first guy I got in, interviewed with, and we walked in. It was like a... a mausoleum. I mean, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was nobody there. It was like three, 4,000 people, but I got up in the press box and my first guy I got interviewed by was Walter Cronkite. Wow. That was before your time. Okay. You probably have heard of him. Oh yeah. yeah no, we heard no who he is. Okay. And then I got interviewed by uh, Scooter, of course, and Bill White and Frank Messer. And I'm looking at, you know, even to me, and I'm looking at the, uh, 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 I'm looking at the facade. I'm uh, looking at the, uh, 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 you know, Megatron out there. I'm looking at the L because I never heard of uh, 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 a subway before. And I had no idea what that was. I'm hearing like this. <laughs> and I saw the train going by. And I, I know I asked a scooter. I said, Phil, what is that? He said, that's a subway. And I'm looking at the, the stadium. And there's probably about three, 4,000 people there. That's all. It was The team wasn't good. The team wasn't good. And I'm watching, and I saw Mickey Mantle out there. And, you know, and you see all those guys. And then they took me down to the locker room. I'm 17 years old. You know, I'm a baby, but 17 years old. And I remember uh, got introduced to Pete Sheehy. Of course, he was the uh, clubhouse guy, head of the clubhouse. And he took me into the locker room and Mickey was being uh, taped up and he was having like, uh, um, it looked like a mummy. And, you know, and, and they were all was so nice to me. They said, how would you like to take a couple of swings? So I said, yeah. So they got me a uniform. I don't think it was number 12 that they gave to me when I finally came up to New York. I don't even remember the uh, uh, Jersey number that they gave me, but I remember taking some swings and I remember it was Ralph Houck sitting behind there. And I remember uh, uh, Mickey was watching. I remember that uh, uh, Yogi was watching. And, you know, 17-year-old kid, you know, I mean, hey, I've never been around these types of people before. And, you know, I, hey, I've been to uh, uh, the Dapper Dan, you know, the, uh, uh, the high school all-star games and stuff like that. But this is a little bit different. This is you know, these are superstars. These are not high school kids. You, you know, I mean, these are guys that or, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, this, this is your idol. This is Yankee Stadium. This is something. This is, is a, a religious ground that you're taking batting practice. And I remember, you know, taking some uh, swings. And I mean, I'm shaking. You know, hey, I've never <laughs> shaked before an athletic event before in my whole life because I love this. But I'm nervous because they're sitting behind me. You know, I'm a 17-year-old kid. These kids, uh, the, these ballplayers like my father. And I'm in Yankee Stadium. I'm, I just signed a, a Yankee contract. I'm a New York Yankee. And I'm taking batting practice. And I re remember Ellie, Elston Howard said, I want you to swing, big kid, you know, big guy like that. And uh, I thought I hit uh, a ball pretty good. And I don't even think I hit it out of the cage. I think I hit the top <laughs> of the cage. But anyway... I didn't care. You know, I mean, that was that was a thrill to me. That's something. And then that night, 
Uh, it was a big place that the Yankee to, uh, took me to because they had an afternoon game. They took me to a place called uh, with with uh, 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 oh gosh, oh gosh, you know, I mean, uh, uh, oh oh gosh, I forgot. I'll remember what I'm talking because I forget everything. <laughs> but then they took took me to a play, Fiddle on the Roof, with Zero Mostel. And I sat down and watched that, and that was incredible. And um, it was – I'll remember what where they took me to because, I mean, that was a – oh, Toot Shores. They took me – remember Toot Shores? You heard that name? I don't think I have, no. Okay, you look it up. After you leave me, look it up. That was where all the ball players was. And right next to us, my mom and dad were sitting, and we're sitting right next to Frank Sinatra. You oh. heard of Frank, of course. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea who he was. <laughs> the only guy, people I knew was the Temptations and the Four Tops and the Supremes and people like that because I'm, you know, I like Motown. Right. And my, my mother went nuts because, of course, Frank Sinatra, and we got in, introduced to him. But it was a wonderful thing. And and I got to uh, do that and and played in the minor leagues for a couple of years and and came up to the big leagues and it was a it was a thrill. I mean it was you know I mean I, I tell everybody I lived a fantasy. I got to do something what I wanted to do. Got to play in the greatest fans in the whole world. Got to meet it meet the greatest people in the world. And now got now. Uh, uh, after uh, I had to retire and got released, I came to New York Yankees, uh, uh, old timers say almost every year. I uh, did a lot of stuff with the Steinbrenners, and I still do this every single year. And I do a lot of meet and greets with them, and they are wonderful people to me. I love them. I love the people in New York, the greatest fans in the whole world. When you are a Yankee, you are a true Yankee through and through and through. Well, one of the things you did get to do, Ron, is the first uh, Major League Baseball designated hitter that happened on April 6th in 1973 against the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I believe you drew a walk against Louis Tiant. Um, how did that decision come about? Did you know you were going to be the DH? Was that something the Yankees talked to you about, like in spring training? Or was it just as something as simple as, hey, you, get, you showed up at the ballpark one day and you saw your name on the lineup card as the designated hitter? No, you know, I screwed up the game in 73. I'm very happy about it. So that, that was that was fun for me. But really what happened, I was down in spring training, coming off a pretty good year in 72. Uh, four days we were supposed to break camp. I pulled a hamstring. And uh, uh, so I was running first base in the get to a game. I was playing first base all doing spring training. And um, I pulled a hammy pretty good. And uh, I didn't say anything to uh, – any of the coaches, because if I did, two things they would have done: send me down to. Uh, uh, I've been put on the DL, and if you get put on the DL when you are playing up in the big leagues, and I'm, first thing you think about is Wally Pip. You think about somebody's going to take your place, like uh, uh, what happened yeah, to Lou Gehrig. Uh, yeah, Lou Gehrig. And I said, no way, that's not going to happen to me. So uh, I remember I went out to dinner that night. Uh, I think I went out with Rizzuto. I think, yeah, I went out with Scooter, and I went out with uh, uh, Ellie, and we're having dinner, and I'm limping just a little bit. They said, how's your uh, hammy? I said, oh, it's good, you know, like that. I said, it's crap, you know, like that. I said, it's not good. I said, don't you tell anybody. Because uh, to be honest with you, we thought the DH was uh, a joke. 
it was a designated pinch hitter. I mean, yeah, yeah. everybody down in spring training, I'm, I'm playing first base, and everybody was just jumping to be the DH so they could hit. You know, they don't have to go down to the cages. They don't. And we're, we're training down in Fort Lauderdale at that particular time, and we had a second field where if we were not playing, we would take batting practice on the second field. But these guys wanted to jump in against, you know, you know, hey, we're, we're trying to break camp. And we're trying to get our timing done. Everybody wanted to be the DH and uh, face these pitchers. So, I mean, of course, I didn't I, Nobody even knew what the DH was. We thought it was a joke, to be honest with you. A DH. You know, this is like playing stickball. You know, a person, uh, I'm, we're going to hit for the pitcher. <laughs> we knew the pitchers, and the majority of pitchers could hit anyway. You know, hey, you hit for the pitcher today. So, you know, everybody used to hit. I didn't. So uh, 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 Ralph found out I pulled a, a slight hammy, and but he didn't want me to go in the DL. So what happened was go up to uh, – so uh, Ellie on the airplane going to uh, Boston, uh, he sits back. He said, can you play? I said, absolutely, I can play. I knew I was going to get taped up. You know, I, I, first thing that I started to think about Mickey, he, he got taped up like a mummy. Hey, you know, it was just my right hammy. I'm going to be taped up too. Hey, it's freezing up there. We're breaking camp when it's 90 degrees. We're going up to Boston where it's 35 degrees. We hated the Red Sox. Uh, we, we wanted to beat them bad, and we wanted to fight them. And that was fun. When we Hey, when you play a, a, a rivalry and, you know, when you have games that uh, where uh, 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 Thermy uh, hated fists, Bill Lee hated uh, uh, Pinella. Uh, 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 um, uh, uh, you know, Nettles hated Bill Lee. Everybody hated everybody. Uh, Pinella hated everybody. I hated everybody. So you knew there was going to be a scuffle. And to be honest with you, people don't like to hear this, but that was fun. That's it. Hey, listen. Hey, when we... I'm an old when school we, fan. I love hearing this from you. Oh, yeah. No, no. When we slid into second base and we break up a double play, oh, we love that. Yeah, no, I miss oh, that. Uh, I miss that about the game when you got oh, guys that we'll won't even, that. They won't even slide into second base. Oh, on a double no. Play. It's, it's, it's enough. And when we used to, uh, uh, when we had an opportunity to slide into fist, but we didn't have any opportunity, <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. <laughs> I, I got, wanted to uh, knock his, uh, I wanted to knock his, uh, 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 his chin guards <laughs> off of him, his mask <laughs> off, and, and you know, get his hair dirty because every time he walked, you he was so too, he was too clean. I but got. We had that rivalry. We loved that. But anyway, uh, I got to bat. Uh, 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 I saw my uh, name on the lineup card. I had no idea. Uh, uh, got my first AB. Uh, walked against Louis Tiant. Uh, Mel Stottlemyre was pitching. Uh, Tiot was throwing uh, pretty good. Uh, I was lucky because I thought Orlando Sopater was going to uh, be the first DH because I was hitting six that game. So uh, I became the first DH. We lost the game 15 to 5. After we lost the game, I had about 100 reporters come into the clubhouse, and everybody's looking at me. They said, what did you do? Like that. <laughs> you know, I, I had no idea. You know, can I be honest with you? I didn't know I was the first DH till uh, the reporters came in. They said, what was it like to be the first DH? I didn't know what they're even talking about, to be honest. <laughs> I was playing a baseball game. And Mel, Mel Stottlemyre was upset with me 
because he was a great hitting pitcher and I hit for him. And, you know, and uh, he didn't want that to happen. Yeah. When he saw me being the, he knew I was the first DH and he came to the ballpark. He said, Bloomy, I can't believe they letting you hit four <laughs> bats against Louie and not letting me hit. That's great. I said, Hey, I, he said, I said, stop. I said, Hey, it's, it's nothing I did. You know, I mean, this is what it is like that. So I got up to bed. We lost 15 to five. They took, took my baseball bat. They put it in the hall of fame. Uh, they took the ball. They took some stuff and whatever. I got a whole big display in uh, Cooperstown and uh, I got in the Cooperstown, the back door rather than the front door. <laughs> and that's what I tell people, but I wish, uh, but unfortunately, you know, everybody told me, you know, and everybody, you know, uh, I had, you know, and I'm not trying to brag anything like that, but I was a five tool guy and, you know, and I got injured. And unfortunately when you get injured back then, uh, they don't have the, they didn't have the modern technology, what they do have now. And I had a shoulder operation, then I had a knee operation and I just went downhill after that. And it was just nothing I can do, but I still got to play up in New York for eight years. I love the people. I love the Yankees. I love the fans and I love y'all. Well, Thank I, I got to ask you this cause we kind of got, we kind of got into, you know, the old school mindset of baseball, which I miss because I'm I'm old enough to remember a time when things were much different than they are right now. And I got to ask this. You hear a lot of guys, especially a guy like Stanton, um, you know, Giancarlo Stanton right now, who's who's transitioning into the designated hitter role. How much different it is to adjust when you're not out there every step of the way, you know, in the field and keeping yourself warm and how what kind of an adjustment was it for you to go into that designated hitter role? And, and on top of that, I got to ask. As far as injuries go, because you you were a guy who were in, who was injured a lot, um, do you kind of roll your eyes at some of these guys now who are missing so many games with with all these injuries, or do you just think it's technology and 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 the advancement of medical you know uh, equipment now that that we have guys sitting out maybe way more than they than they used to? Well, okay. Number one, when I was a DH, I had no idea what to do. I'm freezing. Uh, sitting down next to Ellie, okay, uh, after I walked. And I said, Ellie, what do I do? I said, this is tough. You know, I'm going to be sitting down here for like, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever. He said, well, why don't you uh, take your bat, go up into uh, 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 go up into the clubhouse, and when you the – fin- the clubhouse in Fenway Park stunk because you go from the clubhouse – and you look like you're walking over Shea Stadium, you know, because you had that marsh. Shea Stadium, you know, was built on that marsh. And you always would go over a, a wooden plank uh, to the uh, the uh, to the clubhouse. No, I'm sorry, to the uh, to the uh, uh, to the uh, 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 you know, I mean, to the bench. Uh, so I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting down next to Ellie, and Ellie said, "Why don't you go up to the clubhouse?" So I go up to the clubhouse. It's warm up there. Uh, sitting uh, um, on my locker, uh, you, you really can't swing because you don't have a lot of room. So I'm sitting down listening to the radio, listening to a game. We don't have a TV up there. There's no TVs up there. We just had a radio. I'm listening to the game. Vince, the clubhouse guy, started bringing out the uh, the food. This is funny. He brings out the food, and I'm sitting there. And we always have like onions and kibasi and, you know, and uh, a sauerkraut. 
that's what he always said. This is Boston. So I'm sitting there. I'm smelling the uh, a kibasi, and I'm just walking past there. I said, I got to eat a kibasi. I said, this is pretty good. I, so again, so I put uh, a mustard and I put sa- sauerkraut and some ketchup on it, some relish on it. I'm sitting there like a fan. I'm wa- listening to the game, eating it. So I started thinking, oh, I'm going to be getting up pretty soon. So I put everything down, ran to the uh, the field the next time up, got a base head. So I did the same thing again. <laughs> so I did the same thing again. I said, this is not bad. Hey, we didn't get paid much. I think we I, I was getting paid like $1,200 a month. We're not, but back then, that was a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. Back then. You know, we were making no money. So I'm sitting there. I said, this is not too bad. I'm saying, I'm sitting, listening to the game. And when I want to get up to head, I go up to bat like that. <laughs> so so I, I did that the whole game. And I said, this really wasn't that bad. So uh, uh, the second game uh, we played against the next day, Bill Lee pitched. And uh, I did not uh, face him. So I had to sit on the bench. But anyway, getting back to your thing with Stanton and Sanchez and all those guys, people don't realize the DH is a full-time player now because uh, they play it in Little League now. They play in high school, college, uh, um, 95% of professional teams, they have the DH. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's not like, you know, you don't do anything. Every stadium that you go to now, you go to Yankee Stadium now. I was talking to Swish, Nick, and, uh, um, you know, I mean, all these guys are real good friends of mine. So I go down to a stadium, go to, down to the clubhouse, and, you know, between uh, at-bats, you know, they're looking at their computers and they're watching the computers. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying to myself, there's no way in the world I could watch because every time up at bat is a different uh, – uh, it's, it's, it's a different uh, 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 thing in baseball. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not – the pitcher's not going to pitch you the same pitch to you. Right. It's, everything is different. So why are you watching if you take a great swing and you got a base hit – and it's, you're hitting a, a good fastball, now they're going to throw a hard slider into you or away to you. You know, I mean, you have to adjust more. So why are you looking at that? Because you got a good base hit. Uh, so computers, the analytics stinks. I'm going to be honest with you. You can ask Goose about that. You can ask David Wells about that. The name of the game of baseball, and, and, and Cashman, many, many years ago, I was sitting up with Cash, and – and, you know, and we're real good friends. And he said, Bloomy, he said, and, you know, I knew what he was getting at because I wasn't doing much. I'm up at the stadium all the time. And he really asked me if I really want to get it back in the game and be a hitting coach. And I knew what he was doing. Okay. So he asked me, he said, okay, if you take uh, uh, teaching somebody how to hit, number one, I'm thinking – if you up professionally, if you're up in the big leagues, you know how to hit, right? Okay, you know how to hit. Okay. Um, I remember, you know, he said, what's your philosophy? I said, it's three things. You see the ball, you swing, and you hit it. That's what you do. If the ball's on the outside part of the plate, you go with you it. hit the ball away. <laughs> if the ball uh, middle and in, you pull the ball. Okay. Uh, you know, I mean, this is what you do. But how do you get there? I said, if you can hit, you can hit. You can't teach. You know, 
Elston Howard was our hitting coach in the big leagues. And Ellie, and it was always, you know, everybody goes into slumps. Part of baseball, you go 0 for 15, 0 for 17. So, you know, you're down a little bit. Ellie, what do I do? He said, see the ball, you swing, and you hit it. Okay, that's what I did. So instead of doing that, you might pick up seven, eight hits in the next 12, 13 ABs. And that's how you do things. Uh, with the, all these analytical things, with all these, uh, uh, you know, I mean, these guys nowadays, and I'm going to tell you honestly, and it's a very simple, uh, I look at these. You know, you go to spring training. When we go to Yankee fantasy camps, you know, you see the uh, the, the kids go down there early. Uh, you see them playing games. They, 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 they lift weights before the game. They lift weights after the game. You know, like David Cohn, you know, the picture David Cohn I said to David me. Cohn. He said to me, Coney said to me, he said, Bloomy, he said, what do you think about all these hitters? You know, they pull these obliques. You know, I, I don't even know what oblique was. <laughs> you know, we just hit. He said, okay, remember Babe Ruth and remember Willie Horton? Remember all these guys? They have a little bit of fat. He said, how many people with fat on them pull a muscle? And think about that. All these guys, all, the ball, all these ball players are Zeus. All these ball players are muscular. They're too muscular. They get this. Uh, 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 they get their uh, 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 body fat from sixteen percent down to three percent. You know, a body, you take so many swings. You know, I mean, sure you won't pull something because I mean, you need something around that to cushion it. And these guys are just too muscular. They look great in magazine, muscle magazines. They look great in that. But you know what? To be honest with you. They signed four-year contracts. So if they're on the DL for two years, they're still getting paid. Oh, yeah. We, yeah. yeah, we have to play. And we have to have stats. Nowadays, it's no stats. It's a homer or a strikeout. But that's what the fans like. And it's an entertainment. Back then, we played small ball, hit first to third, steal a base. The name of the game is still score runs. Am I right? Yep. You score runs and try to score runs in every inning. I, I can't say I can't state that enough. Where we've turned into a sport where I'm screaming at the television for Brett Gardner to steal second base, and then I have people telling me that stealing a base doesn't make sense anymore, and it and, and it just it frustrates me to no end. Because oh, it kills you. when I look for production, I look at run production. I mean, don't tell me anything else outside of outside. Who's going to score me runs? Who's going to produce runs for me? Who's going to get on base enough to get runs in? And it's just like everything is just t- taken to a different level now, and it, and it kills me. Why do you think the Tampa Rays are so good? Because they play fundamental baseball. They do. When Joe Madden was down there, he didn't have the superstars. Uh, he didn't have the guys that hit 40 home runs. He played small ball, first to third, uh, getting uh, 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 getting a rundown, coming from third to home like that. Now – you know, I mean, if you you get caught in a rundown at from third to home, and if the catcher barely catches a ball, and if he has a ball like three steps, uh, three uh, seconds before you get there, 
we are taught to run right into him, Pummel him. and break him up. That's it. So, you know, the ball is on the ground. Nowadays, if you do that, you tell him, tag me. Tag me. You're out. Yeah. Like that. That's not the way to play baseball. The game of baseball is going to go – eventually it's going to go back to the way that the real baseball plays because this is no – to me, I'm up at the stadium every single day when the season is. It's not fun to me to watch. They got a man on second and third who won out. The guys, instead of trying to hit a base hit, hitting some – that's what happened to Sanchez. That's why he's hitting from uh, – that's why he was such a great hitter from a 270 to 200, 280. That's why, you know, he pulls everything. He just wants to hit the mammoth 500-foot home run. We, we couldn't agree more with that, Ron. But you don't we, do that. Yeah. You, don't do, you don't play baseball like that. That's why he did a buck 80 last yeah. year. Now he hit a buck 40 this year. Yep. We did want to get your perspective on something because you were, while we have you here, because you were part of a one of the most historic days of in, in Yankee history because you were on the team in 1973 when the Yankees were sold to George Steinbrenner. Uh, just take us through that. Like, what was that like being part of a team that was sold? You know, the Mets were just recently sold, so it doesn't happen that often. And especially that, you know, the Yankees were owned by a big corporation by uh, like CBS, and then now you got this huge personality like George Steinbrenner coming in there. Take us through what that was like being part of the sale of the Yankees. Well, it's very simple. When you had CBS, CBS looked at us as a uh, just as a as a team to make them probably to lose their money so they could write it off. Uh, they had, you know, in their portfolio, they owned the New York Yankees. Okay, uh, we knew in '73 uh, that the Yankees were being purchased by a group in Cleveland, the Steinbrenner Group. And we knew he owned 51% and we knew 49% was going to be minorities. Uh, that time we had Bill Verton uh, was uh, uh, the manager. Uh, as soon as George came in, Billy came on as the Yankee manager. Okay. That was a twofold thing when you have a Billy Martin coming for a Bill Verton. And plus when, uh, uh, George came in, he brought a lot of his uh, uh, minority people. And uh, it was, I thought it was unbelievable because he sat everybody down before the game. He said, Billy Martin is going to be your new manager. And some of the guys played with Billy. You know, I mean, I never played with Billy before, but I knew about him, of course. Um, of course, being second baseman, being one of the best Yankee second basemen ever, being the type of uh, 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 character he was. And, you know, so you, you hear different things. And I played against him, of course. But uh, when George came in and he said to uh, us, and we, we had a pretty good team then, okay? Not a great team, but a good team. We're coming up. And when George came in, sat down, he said, whatever y'all need to win, I'm going to bring back the Yankees back what they used to be to the New York fans. And we're going to have a winner and whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm, I'm going to accomplish that feat. And I knew back then, and I went up to him and I introduced, he said, I knew you, I know you, you know, like that. I've seen you play. He said, you're going to be here for many years. So that made me feel good. I mean, he, he you know, I mean, it just, you know, it, it made you feel good that you have a hands-on owner 
And let me tell you something. George was a different type of guy, but he was one of the greatest human beings as you ever met before in your whole life. You give him 120%, he'll give you 125%. You give him 90%, he's going to kick your tail. It's going to be like the old paddle. You know, if you're bad in school, your principal will go and get those paddles with the big uh, round hole in it and paddle you. <laughs> and that's the type of guy he was. He was a type of guy that wanted, uh, uh, he wanted everybody to give 120%. When you wore that Yankee pinstripe uniform on, that is a, uh, that is a, uh, uh, you know, that's is like a, you know, something that not many people have done. That is a, you know, uh, that is a kosher braille. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it's something it's, 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 it's so, you know, I mean, what can I say? It's, it's like the Bible. It's, you know, you do it, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's that. And, you know, that's what he wanted the Yankees, the Yankee fans to come back in and see what we're doing. And that's the year of 73, we got catfish. Am I right? 73, I believe. Yeah. 73. That's the year that we got catfish coming in, you know, and, 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 and that's what he did. He started bringing people in and that's when, uh, was that the year? Because I'm not good with dates. You know, I know the teams that I played on. But what year did we get a uh, 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 Sparky? Was it 73? Sparky Lyle was 72. Seven, I know he was on the 73 team because I I was looking at the roster before. So we must have um, kind of signed with the Yankees. In, uh, Catfish actually signed with the Yankees in 1975. 75. Sparky, uh, Sparky then it was, Lyle signed with... Signed with the Yankees in 1972. Okay, so Sparky Lyle, yeah, yeah. So we had a pretty decent team coming in, you know. And uh, uh, but when George came in, um, you know, everybody thought, "Oh God, this guy's going to be great. He's going to do this. He's going to do that." But two weeks after that, he started finding people like five dollars and ten dollars, <laughs> and you, you you better run to first base. If you don't run to first base. You know, I'm I'm at a game. I'm at a game, and Robinson Cano was not running fast when he was on the Yankees. In I don't know if you remember that when oh, he yeah. was like, you know, when he was like running to first base too hard. And but if George would have seen that right off the bat, his clothes would have been packed already. His regular clothes would have been packed. It would have been shipped to the minor leagues. He he would have to go in his car to go to Scranton or wherever they were to. Uh, in his uniform, that's what he would have done. Uh, you don't do that with George. No, you ha- you better give you 120%. You give you 120%, he'll do anything in the world for you. I've seen him take care of kids. And uh, when we had him, let me tell you something. He was like a second father to me. He took care of me. He was tough on me. Um, almost made me get a haircut when I was hitting four or six through <laughs> August. I told him go, you know, whatever uh, <laughs> up in his office uh, and to get a haircut because he had a barber up there for me to get a haircut. And I, I and I told him I'm hitting four or six. You think I'm going to get? I'm Samson. Uh, you're not going to give me a haircut. But uh, uh, but that was the type of guy he is. You, you got to stick up for yourself. You stick up for yourself, uh, and you're in the right. He respects you more. That's the type of guy he was. Ron, I got to say real quick before I ask this next question. uh, I was talking to my dad about you the other day. I was telling him we were having you on the show. And he said, you know, I still remember like it was yesterday 
the year that he almost he was hitting 400 through half that season. He was in. I think. I think you topped that around four hundred six or four hundred nine. Four hundred six. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred six. Twenty-seven uh, uh, game hitting streak. He he and, remembers it like it was yesterday. Yeah, and that was a year that was on, I was on Sports Illustrated and Sporting News with Bobby Mercer, and uh, that's uh, what ended my hitting streak at twenty-seven and twenty-eight games. I forgot was uh, Ralph Halk uh, made me pinch hit against Vita Blue, <laughs> and when I pinch hit against Vita Blue. Hey, it's funny, you know, I mean, I hit pretty decent against left-handers, you know, I mean, but they didn't allow me to for whatever reason. And uh, But I hit the ball uh, to the wall, and uh, right center, uh, hit the ball pretty good. And uh, I thought it had a chance, but uh, uh, but it didn't. And, oh, uh, but, but, hey, but that was part of baseball. Yeah. Hey, hey, I was very lucky and very happy to be on the New York Yankees. And when you uh, – that's how I felt. I was blessed. I was blessed. And, uh, you know, and, and when you, like I told you before, when you got that Yankee pinstripes on and when you got on, uh, uh, when you got to play in front of the best fans, I mean, absolutely. I'm just telling you, honestly, they're the greatest and the best of the best of the best. And even to this day, when I walk in the city, they recognize me and they talk to me and they give me a thumbs up and stuff like that. And, and, you know, and I love them to death. They're, they're the people. The fans are the people are the heroes of this game. I did something what I wanted to do. I was uh, I lived my fantasy. The the the, the fans were the heroes. And and to I tell the ball players nowadays when they don't ask for your autograph, they forgot about you. And when they keep on asking them to uh, to. Uh, to, uh, uh, to do a Zoom or to do an interview with or to sign an autograph, you should be very blessed because that means that they still like you or love you or whatever. Just be good to them. That's all. Well, Ron, uh, we got a couple more for you here. We appreciate all your time with us. Um, we, we know you've been keeping up with the current state of the Yankees. You're very active on social media. We've been talking about on Twitter. Uh, everyone can follow Ron at, at Ron Bloomberg one um, this team has been really close to winning it all in the last few years, and they continue to fall short. It's something that's been uh, as spoiled Yankee fans growing up in the late 90s, you know, early 2000s. I mean, we were spoiled, and, and they keep falling short, and they're just, there just seems to be that one thing that's holding them that that's holding them back and from getting over the hump and getting the 28th championship. If you had to point your finger and put your finger on one thing, where do you think it is? What do you think it is that's holding them back? Uh, it's very simple for me, injuries. Uh, because you, you, it's just not one person goes down. It seems like when one guy goes down, four more guys on the disabled list. I mean, you can't have a judge who is right in the center of your uh, lineup. You can't have Stanton, who they expect, you know, for making $300 million not to be in the lineup every single day. You have Sanchez, who, you know, is coming off a hammy or tightness of his calves or whatever. You have these guys to get injured, and you can't take three guys. You know, if, if you look at the guys that are out, or and the pitchers, too. And, you know, the pitchers are not, you know, I, hey, I talk to Goose all the time about it. And I, you know, and you know, when he was relief pitching, he he was pitching three, four innings every time he had the relief. Uh, nowadays, you you pitch twelve pitches. These guys, uh, starting pitchers, 
they they pitch for five innings. After five innings or four innings, they're out. They they have a pitch count of seventy uh, 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 pitches. Now you know people are going to uh, say, well, you know, it's this or that or whatever. But I'm just looking what I played. You had a Jim Palmer, you had a Nolan Ryan, you had a Bob Gibson, you had Steve Carlton. They pitch 140, 150 pitches. They don't want to come out of the game or catfish. <laughs> they never had bad. Did they have a bad? Tell me, did they have bad shoulders? No, they're in shape. You know, okay, I'm not saying they're not in shape. They're in shape to pitch how many innings that they want them to. Now, after the pitchers pitch five innings, now they have a six-inning pitcher, a seventh-inning pitcher, mm-hmm. an eighth-inning pitcher, and a ninth. Now, if you have Chapman who came out, and then, uh, uh, you know, I mean, and then you have Britton who is really, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, he was a really a super pitcher in Baltimore, and I think he has really picked up. But you need a consistent hitting. You know, I mean, if you look at the other teams, if you look at the other – everybody has pitchers and players on the DL, but they're not as much as the Yankees. The Yankees, it seems like to me for the last three, four years, five years, that, you know, half the teams on the DL or been on the DL, you know, I mean, so that's telling you – and they got new uh, they got new uh, physical trainers and this and whatever, but that's maybe – it's telling you, you know, let some of the players – go and get a little bit, a little, not fat. I'm just saying a little bit of a cushion that, you know, if you're going to get 400 ABs, you know, I mean, they got to have a little bit of cushion when they take, uh, when they hit. And, you know, it's just not you taking hitting in batting practice, you hitting in the cages, you hitting, you know, I mean, just think of how many swings that you actually have. You have tons of swings, but I think injuries to me, is the prime thing about, you know, if they cut down on that, they got the talent. They were supposed to win this year, but they got hurt again. They got to do something with the injuries. If they accomplish that, I think you're going to have a, a great team. Well, Ron, we're going to let you go on this here. We're going to ask you a couple questions because uh, you we did find out that you have a couple books, one that you already wrote and one that's uh, kind of in the works here. Uh it's on your Twitter that you're uh, currently working on a book called The Captain and Me about your relationship with Thurman Munson. Uh, Thurman Munson is an interesting guy because, you know, obviously his career got in life got cut short with that tragic plane accident. Uh, and, you know, he was, you know, he was kind of leading the resurgence of the Yankees in, in 76 as a captain of the team. Uh, just tell the fans when and where they can pick up the book. And if you have a story about Munson that you could tell us. Well, all the stories are in the book. Okay, that's number one. Okay, that's number one. Number there you two, go. Thurman was my roommate for four years. Okay, the book, the book is going to be incredible. It's not like it's not a show-off, tell-all book. It's a book about him and I, what we did, playing, uh, what we did on the field and off the field. It's a book about him. About, you know, everybody says he's scrappy, dirty, ugly, you know, this and won't get in your face. But he's the most harmless, greatest human being you have ever seen before in your whole life. Uh, the book is going to be, it's, 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 we did pranks. We did stuff what we did with Sparky did with his cakes, uh, shot BB guns and two lights. And so we did everything. 
And it's it's a it's 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 a book where people are going to laugh, it's going to be serious, and they're going to cry. It's a book. If anybody saw the movie "Bang the Drum Slowly," anybody saw that movie "Bang the Drum Slowly." Ask I've heard of it. I never actually. Yeah. I never okay. Got it's, to okay. It, Thurman and I in that movie about it's Robert De Niro in it. It's a great book. It's uh, it's a great movie. You got to see it if you have an opportunity to watch it. It's great. Um, it's a De Niro's book about that, right. Excuse me. De Niro's in that, right? Yeah, yeah De Niro's in De Niro. De Niro. It's a wonderful. It's a wonderful story. It's about a about a guy who became real good friends with a person who was sick, and I was on the DL a lot. Thurman helped me a lot, and we did an awful lot on and off the field during the season, off the season. We lived together, we roomed together, we did that together, we did this together. We went with the. Uh, 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 some other people like Carlos Gambino, who was uh, 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 John Gotti and, and uh, Frankie Valley and mm-hmm. Jay Black and uh, uh, the Four Tops, the Temptations and, you know, all those guys and uh, um, Louis Armstrong. What well, we did. I mean, this is what we did. It's a great book. And people have already come up to us about maybe doing a uh, 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 a movie about this. This is how this type of book is. It's going to be a number one bestseller. I'm just telling you. If you want to get the book, it's it just came out. Uh, they just sent the transcripts to uh, the publishing company uh, yesterday to Triumph, and uh, it's going to be close to about 300 pages. Uh, it's it's going to be great. I mean, really going to be great. And uh, 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 people would not have talked about maybe doing something with that. Okay. But anyway, uh, you could pre-order the book on Amazon. Uh, I don't know how you do Amazon. You know how you do that. I'm the not, people I'm are not, really you know. good with the Amazon now. Amazon, just <laughs> tell them Amazon. They'll Amazon, find they'll it find it, it in oh, two Amazon, seconds. Look me up with the, uh, Thurman Munson. Look me up. Okay, uh, get a uh, pre-order the book. You'll love it. Believe me, you'll love. Uh, you're not going to get it till April, and things going to be great. You could, you know, I mean, um, it's going to be a great book. Okay. But anyway, in my other book, Designated Hebrew, uh, it came out in 2006. We sold 65,000 copies of the book. Uh, I didn't make any money on it. I, I said it gave it back to all charity. It's a great book. It really is a great book. Uh, uh, Jeremy Shap and Dick Shap and I came up with the uh, the name of the book. Okay, that's number one. And it's a, it's a great book, too. And uh, uh, why uh, I'm putting it out back, they just got it paperback. And they got the uh, uh, three more chapters in it. Now it's modern now. So it's a great book. It's uh, uh, You can go to ronbloombergyankees.com. Uh, remember, Bloomberg is not like the mayor of Bloomberg. It's one O. One O. One O. It's not two O's. Okay. If you want to go get the book, I'll, uh, uh, it come, uh, I got like, uh, I already sold like about 16 cases of the books already. It's been fun. I mean, I've been signing them and stuff. It's, it's been fun. <laughs> You're just having so, a good but time. Anyway, it's, it's a great book, and I'll inscribe anything what you want in it. And um, it's been fun uh, of the world that we live in now. But uh, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, this has been a pleasure. It's been great. Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, the fans, like I keep on saying, are the ones that made me go. Uh, they're wonderful. And like I said before, they're just uh, – Anything I do for, you know, I mean, the greatest thing in the world, real, real quick, real, real 
real quick. When I go to Yankee Stadium all the time, I go out and watch them take BP, and everybody's hitting home runs. You know, I mean, in left field, it's probably about uh, about 40, 50 balls just laying there like that. <laughs> so I take my eight or nine balls, and I usually go up in the stands, and I see – I always do this. This is – this is wonderful. It makes your heart great. You always give uh, a ball to somebody's in a wheelchair uh, uh, with Down syndrome uh, that they don't even know who you are, but it's wonderful. And you give it to them. And most of the people who are, you know, uh, uh, pushing them in, they have no idea who I am. I said, I played. I'm going to sign it for them. So put that up one day and you could show somebody and maybe they might have heard of me or whatever. But uh, to give something to people like that, that's what it's all about. If somebody could come up and make people smile and be happy, that would that's what makes me, and I love it, and uh, I've been blessed with that, to be honest with you. And uh, uh, I love to make people happy. That's all. Oh, Ron, it's oh, been Ron, an absolute pleasure, man. Thank pleasure, you man. so I, much. This is absolutely uh, above and beyond anything we could have expected love hearing the stories about you know the old days with Mickey Mantle and those guys because if it wasn't for Mickey Mantle I don't know if I'd be a Yankee fan my grandmother got into baseball because of Mickey Mantle and passed it on to my dad who passed it on to me so it's always great talking to somebody that played with him and hearing stories about that era so Ron again thank you so much man we appreciate the time and the stories I could talk all day but I hope I didn't talk too long <laughs> not at all oh, no it was great I, great and I the hope fans I are gonna love this you know, but, you know, like I said before, you know, and thank you very much for having me. Uh, if you could send this to my uh, uh, email and whatever, uh, if you y'all go to uh, many Yankee games, y'all. Oh, yeah. You much? Absolutely. You know, I'll tell if you. Let us in, if they let us in, we'll be there, Ron. Oh, I'll get you up into the suites. You know, I'll get you up there and you can see my picture. I'm up. I got a big picture up in uh, number 12 suite. You know, they got. Number like I think it one through <laughs> one through 30, yeah yeah thirty two or whatever the suites and I'm up on number twelve and they have a big picture of me and uh, Ron Svoboda who just uh, just got caught up that year and with Ralph Halk and my mom and dad and stuff like that that was a wonderful thing but uh, if once we start please uh, uh, look me up oh we'd love that and uh, and maybe you could uh, talk to. Uh, uh, Randy again, who's a real dear friend of mine, and Lon Tross, and all those guys, and come up to the stadium, and uh, I hook you up with some uh, hot dogs and pretzels. That and, works for and, me. And, Great uh, pizzas and stuff like that. It'd be fun to uh, for y'all to really come up and to to live your dream. Also, to absolutely, watch your game absolutely, Ron. To. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. So please make sure you follow Ron on Twitter at Ron Bloomberg one, the number one, only one O one O Ron Bloomberg one. Help this man get that blue check mark. An awesome, awesome guy. Great stories. Great time, Ron. Thank you so much. for Thanks, joining Ron. Us on we really today. appreciate it. And we'll definitely stay in touch. And I like this blue check mark. I don't have any <laughs> idea what it is, but I want a blue check mark. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. talking with y'all, big guys. You too. All right, Thank Ron. you. Thanks, y'all. Bye-bye, y'all. Be safe. Bye. You too. Bye-bye, y'all. All right, we're back here. Uh, that was our interview with Ron Bloomberg. Follow Ron on Twitter, at Ron Bloomberg1. It's R-O-N-B-L-O-M-B-E-R-G-1. One O. One O. Well, you're confusing people because you're saying one O. One O. It's it's like yeah, a blonde. I said the number one, and then you're like one O. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, it's like Ron Blomberg. That's how you want to remember it. <laughs>
so you don't misspell but it's it. Bloom, but it's bloom. You pronounce it bloom, but if you want to not confuse yourself, it's blom. Right. Just say it in your head that way, but Ron don't say Blom. It out loud. But don't say it out loud. That's rude, because you'd be saying his yeah. name wrong. No, we don't want to. We don't want to take off Ron because he was one. I mean, honestly, honestly how awesome is that? Seriously, we talked to a lot of amazing people on this show, but that might be at the top of the list now. Oh, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be. And, we, and like you said, we've had some pretty pretty great guests on this show. I, you know, if we had to go like modern, more modern interview versus old school. Ronnie definitely takes the old school. The the more modern, I'd say Brett Boone was a pretty awesome interview. But the stories I just got from him, I'm not going to get that anywhere else. I mean, if we if we could have probably had Ron for five hours if we wanted, I definitely I could have sat with Ron. I could have let him talk for five hours and still would have wanted more probably. And honestly, man, I'm gonna if we can get into the stadium this year, I'm gonna take him up on that offer. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm hounding him and watch a baseball game with him and just pick his brain as as we're watching the Yankees play. That that would be amazing. You know, I mean, if t- you look, he talked about know, Ron kind of. I was just gonna say go he ahead. talked about meeting Phil Rizzuto, like one of his first times. I can't imagine a conversation between Ron and Phil, Phil Rizzuto as he got older. He's just throwing out the name Carlo Gambino like it's nothing. Like you're <laughs> hanging out, you and Thurman Hunter are just chilling with one of the biggest gangsters ever, and he's just like throwing out that name like it's nothing. Like that's the type of guy I want to sit it. and talk to. I love it. I loved every but second think, of it. I think Ron gets a little typecast in a way because, you know, he's known as the first DH, but, I mean, injuries really did derail Ron's career. I honestly, looking at the numbers and, and seeing what a great hitter he was, uh, if he could have, you know, if he could have been healthy throughout the course of his career, he said he got in the, the Hall of Fame in the back door. He would have been in the Hall of Fame in the front door, honestly. He was a great hitter, a great player, Um and he talked about the Yankee injuries. I mean, maybe, you know, unfortunately, you know, maybe that's like a, a thing going back even into the 60s with this team. If but. you had to compare him to like one guy that you can think of more modern day where injury kind of held him back from Cooperstown, can you think of anyone? I don't know. I feel I like there's one guy that's on the tip of my tongue and I can't, I can't say like if he didn't get injured and, and if he had, if he had played his career all the way through, he probably would be in Cooperstown. But injury yeah. kind of held him back. There's definitely a couple guys out there. Yeah, I'm sure there are if we think about it. But I mean, you know, that's people think like Ron is just like this footnote in history, but he was actually he was a really, really good baseball player. You don't get drafted number one overall on a fluke. So uh yeah, I mean it was pretty awesome to talk to him. Uh, I wasn't expecting that at all. You know, I don't want to say the uh, preconceived notions about people when you talk to him, but I, I didn't think that we were going to get that out of Ron Bloomberg. Like I, I'm not taking an interview just to take an interview. Like I want, you know, there's obviously there's reasons why you want to talk to somebody. I thought he had an interesting story to tell who knew <laughs> that we were going to get that out of him. Yeah. So that was pretty, that was really amazing. definitely pick up those books too. I'm actually excited for the uh, Thurman Munson one. I got to be honest. Oh, absolutely. He, he really gave it the hard sell. And I love the way that he was like, all the stories are in the book. Hey, you know yeah, what, hey, man? Screw the guys got to make a buck. Everybody's got to make money. So you want to hear those stories, pick up the book, go to Amazon, pre-order it. He said it will be out in April, which, you know, I don't have the patience to wait. I wish we could read it. I now. Am. That's it. He really gave it the hard sell, especially with all those names he was dropping of people. That- John Gotti. <laughs> like, yeah, John Gotti, no big deal. So, oh, man. Uh, I think there's, we're just going to kind of wrap up the show here. Uh, I don't think we really need to touch on anything else. Uh, 
Ron gave us all the uh, content we needed and more today. So, uh, you know, there's really not much going on. Uh, DJ LeMay, you won a Silver Slugger Award if you get excited over that. whoop de do. Uh, no Yankees won. Uh, I think it was was it uh, Lemayu and Frazier were up for Gold Gloves. And Gio one got one. Gio. Oh, 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 it was Urshela and uh, Frazier yeah. were up for him. Fucking joke. Yeah, what a joke. Who cares? Uh, did I? I don't know if I read it correctly, but Lemayu's a finalist for the MVP award. I yeah. Mean, again, whoop de do. Again, uh, whoop de do. He's not going to win it. Right. I mean, really. I know a lot of consternation right now is people are getting anxious. That they haven't signed them yet, but just just be patient. Yeah, just, I I really believe they will. I really do. I mean, really, if you think about it, and I, I see Stack Guy Rise's point of view from that somebody will throw crazy money at him. The only reason why the Mets would ever think about doing it is just straight up out of spite, spite. at this point. Out of spite that Steve Cohen would want to make a big splash and steal a Yankee. But I got to think that. Unless it's something so ridiculous that LeMayu wants to stay here. And the yeah. Yankees want to keep him here. So oh, I agree. I agree. We'll see what I, I don't think there's the anything to week. worry about there, to be honest. I think we'll see what happens in the next week. I know a lot of fans are getting feverish over the possibility of getting Francisco Lindor. I saw some crazy tweet that said the Yankees can get Lindor for uh, Frazier and Mike Tockman. I mean, ah. Please. You know what? If the Indians, if the Indians are going to make that trade, the, the GM should just hand in his resignation as he signs the trade papers. Him and him and the GM for the Pirates can go play golf together. <laughs> Seriously, come on. I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, I don't really know what we let Ron. About. We really we owe. We do let, we owe Ron money for just do, taking over the this show? Was the Ron, this was the Ron Bloomberg show. I'll tell you what, say, man. We'd actually have a great great podcast with him. <laughs> I, I have no, I have no issues taking a back seat on the show this week. Absolutely. So uh, please follow us on Twitter at Chris Junior underscore nyyst at Christian underscore nyyst. Don't follow that, that guy, guy right. Ride because yeah. he's a bum and going to be on the show today. But follow Ron Bloomberg, Ron Bloomberg one R O N B L O M B E R G one at uh well that's his at so yeah yeah <laughs> help. Help him get that blue check mark. He Please. doesn't even know what it is, but he, he wants it. He doesn't know what it is, yeah. but he wants it, which is what I love the most, I think. <laughs> get that man verified. Please. Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you to Ron uh, for joining us this week. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Uh, and that should do it. So, Chris, say goodbye. Peace.